Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. St. Titus was a Gentile who came to the Christian faith through the preaching of St. Paul. And he would eventually be called into the ministry of the Word and would accompany Paul to Crete where they would collaborate in missions together until Paul would eventually depart. And for a time, Paul left Titus in charge over the congregations in and near Crete. And so the letter that I just read from called Titus was written by Paul to Titus to provide him with encouragement and correction for those who are in his charge. Much like Timothy, in Titus we see a man entrusted by God to be one of the shepherds of his people, a man who was stamped with the approval of one of the apostles to be a pastor. What is a pastor, really? In our postmodern age that denies the goodness of any kind of external authority, it can sometimes be a struggle to really put together a cohesive definition. Pastors can be understandably hesitant to teach on this subject because it might come across as self-serving. But the Bible talks at length about the office of pastor they are those who are to care for God's church and to shepherd God's people. And, you know, the Bible doesn't say anything about us Christians going and finding a pastor. Why? Because it automatically assumes that we have one. The Scriptures simply do not permit a Christian to have the option of having a pastor. It's unthinkable in biblical terms. Now, because Scripture teaches their importance, I want to give simple descriptions of what a pastor does and why it's important for Christians. And by putting this out there, what I intend for you to do is to think less about the office of pastor in terms of the man, and I want you to be thinking more in terms of the office of pastor as a gift, because that's exactly what it is. The office is intended as a gift to you. Now what is most often focused on in Titus chapter 1, and for good reason, is the list of qualifications for pastors in verses 6 through 9. And believe me, it is an important list, and all pastors should be held to it. Now if I transgress any one of these qualifications, there's going to be a problem, and it should be addressed. And if you're a guest tuning in, the same goes for your pastor. But I want to take a look at the first few verses of the epistle because they help us to answer the question of the purpose of the pastor. So Paul writes this. He says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. What an introduction, Paul. In these opening verses, Paul briefly mentions one of the basic duties of a pastor, preaching. And in Paul's letter to Timothy, he goes into even greater detail about what a pastor does or what they should be doing. 
Our Lutheran confessions compile all the biblical data about this topic into a simple statement about the duties of a pastor. Here's what it says in one of our confessional documents. It says, the gospel assigns those who preside over churches to the command to teach the gospel, to forgive sins, to administer the sacraments, and also to exercise jurisdiction, i.e. the command to excommunicate those whose crimes are known and to absolve those who repent. Everyone confesses, even our adversaries, which was the Roman church at the time, even our adversaries, that this power is common to all who preside over churches by divine right, whether they are called pastors, elders, or bishops. So this is what we believe as Lutherans. Let's make it really simple. That, that the pastor is called to preach and teach, administer the sacraments, forgive sins, and exercise pastoral care. Does that make him more special than any other Christian? No. No, it's just his vocation. And why? So that's what he does, but why? Now pay attention here, because this is why the pastoral office is such a gift to you. In the Augsburg Confession, which is one of our most basic confessional documents, it says this about the pastoral office. So that we may obtain this faith, the ministry of teaching the gospel and administering the sacraments was instituted. Through the word and sacraments, as through instruments, the Holy Spirit is given. He works faith when and where it pleases God in those who hear the good news that God justifies those who believe that they are received into grace for Christ's sake. This happens not through our own merits, but for Christ's sake. This is basically a rewording of what Paul is saying in his introduction, where Paul says, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth. That's you. That is for your faith. Because you are God's elect, God chose you in Christ before the foundations of the world. And he wanted to bring this faith to you. And he opted to do it through this preaching office. God wants to bring you to faith in the Lord Jesus. And he wants to daily keep you in that faith. And for that reason, he gave us the pastoral office. So that his called servants could administer the means of grace to you. Through which... You are kept in this true faith. It's not an authoritarian enterprise. It's so that you would be given faith in your Savior. True faith. The hope of eternal life and daily sustained and strengthened in that faith. So at Fortress, whether I am to be your pastor, which appears to be the case as we have an ordination scheduled for early June or, heaven forbid, if I walk out the door today and get hit by a bus, the gift is the same. You are to call qualified men who understand their duties and who exercise them for your good and for the sake of your faith. And you are to attend to the Lord's preaching and you are to use the means of grace as they are administered because God uses them to keep you in this faith and to richly bless you in Christ Jesus. As Paul says in Titus, 
God does not lie. May the Lord increase our love for his church. May he help us to treasure his appointed means for keeping us in this true faith. And may he abundantly bless all faithful pastors and their congregations and keep them with Jesus until the end. Amen.